Hey everybody, it's Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show. And before we get to this next video, I just wanted to tell you that if you are looking for a way to make some money, to get, get yourself into the green, get out of the red, hook up with me. It, it's very, very, very simple. Just go to attaboy.com, A-T-A-B-O-Y.com, and I will show you how to make some money with a low investment. And it's something I'm doing myself. It's not something I'm just hawking. So do it today. Hyperfund is the is the place. And uh, again, attaboy.com. Uh, you can watch a little video that I've put together for you. You can watch some other videos there, and you can learn for yourself how to get yourself some cash. So let's do it, okay? All right, here's the video you actually came to see. It is Aftershocks right here on AftershocksTV.com. And joining us today to talk about his brand new release, Denizen Tenant, is a... Uh, a legend. I'm just gonna say it. A legend. A guy that a guy that you've heard his music. I, I don't even have to say you might have. You've heard this guy's music. He's uh he's obviously the front man of Toto, and um he's done a project with Bill Champlin that has many releases. He has solo releases. Um, even you Star Wars people would would know him on some level. He is uh the one and only singer of Toto and his own work. It is uh Joseph Williams. Joe, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Absolutely, it. man. Well, it's great to have you, and it's great to have you on such on the strength of such a strong release, man. Dennis and Tenet is a it's it's a very strong, very very cool listen. But it, I'm guessing a very personal release for you more than more so than maybe some of your other things. No, yes, very much so. Um, uh, this one was just you know a labor of love, you know that I. I, I started collecting ideas for back in 2016 when we were thick on the road. Okay. Um, I knew, I don't know, at that point after doing the 40, actually it was probably around the 40 trips uh, project when I really decided that I was going to go full throttle with a with a, uh, 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 producing, trying to produce an album on my own. So yeah, it was, it was, it was personal. Sure. Now, now one of the, one of the most personal things I'm guessing is that is working with your daughters on, on this release. And that's a, uh, you know that that for some people that's a very trying thing to try and mix family and work, and and certainly you you more than anybody knew their talent. Talk a little bit about the working relationship on them with the recording. Was it is it easy or is it can can you be more than a okay, honey? Maybe try it this way, guy, or do, you know or how does it play out? Well, I'm I'm lucky because the the my two girls who are now in their twenties, you know. Um, grew up with me in the studio and they grew sure. up you know, around the mic and I would put them on the mic and, and I would be stern, tell them, you know, no, this is how you have to do it. And if you're in a professional session, you know, as I'm, I wouldn't say that when they were little kids, but when sure. they were teenagers and they wanted to, you know, pursue music and stuff and they wanted me to make demos for them and that kind of stuff, that kind of thing. I definitely showed them some, you know, etiquette, some, some, you know, in the studio so that if, if they were to be in a, professional session like the commercials I, I used to do in the old days that kind of thing that you know they would know how to behave you know sure. and, and so so the result is that they're very professional in you know in a studio setting and very very easy to work with and they're and they're both they both have very natural um you know voices great voices beautiful voices with great pitch so it didn't take a lot of work to get 
to get their parts. You know, that none mm -hmm. of it is tuned. You know, they just uh, they just have a have a very uh, very uh, uh, unique ability to to uh, to work in the studio. Now, I guess just from from learning it from me, so it wasn't hard at all. Okay, well, yeah. were were they in tune musically with the project? Because you know, obviously, millennial kids are definitely not listening to this kind of music. You know, they're more into rap or hip hop or you know the various things. Were they in tune to this kind of music? You know, I think that the better way to put it is that they that they're in tune to me. Okay, is the better way to put it. You know, I think you know my one of my daughters both have completely different tastes in music, which is really interesting. And um, and I love both of their their tastes in music, and they grew up with me, you know, playing Beatles for them on the way to the on the way to school, and you know those kinds of things. And we listened to a lot of uh, 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 like musicals and, st and stuff like that. So to, okay. that's where they learn, learn how to sing that kind of thing. So they're very much in tune with me, really. So regardless of whether or not they love the song or or not, they got it. They know what they know me not well enough to know. What I what I was kind of looking for and where this what the song tone is about that kind of thing. Sure. Now now Joe, listening to the album, uh, you know, listening to certain songs, certain songs on the record certainly sound like they could fit into the classic Toto mode. You know, songs like the Dream or Liberty Man as two examples. That first thing I thought of was, oh, there's got a little Toto thing going on here. You know, were, were any of these songs actually intended for use for Toto, you know, before the hiatus or, or were these new, new and fresh ideas that, that just came to you as you wrote for this project? No, this was all intended for this project. Not, nothing was was ever intended for Toto. The, the song Liberty Man, which is probably the most Toto-ish on the, on the project, uh, I co-wrote with Dave, with David Page. Okay. And, um, it started out as a peace of mind that, that I just felt, you know, that I held on to for a couple of years and worked on from time to time. Actually, not even that long, maybe maybe less than a year. But it wasn't until after we finished touring in 2019 and I started really working on the record in 2020, pre-pandemic, um, that, uh, that I really started to dive into that particular song. And uh, I knew something was missing. So I went to Dave. And he finished the song with me, providing really the chorus for the tune, which then made it really Toto-y, you know, really mm -hmm. sort of brought it together as a, as a whole. And um, and that's when I thought, like, well, you know, it's got to have Simon. If I can get Simon on this thing, it would be sure. it would be perfect, you know, that 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 kind of. And then Sklar, of course, natural uh, uh, extension of that. And so um, it was it was once once I got going on it, it was very much intended to be like the Toto track for the album. Okay. You know what I'm saying, but it was never. It was never going to be a Toto song. And the dream was a song I wrote like towards the end of the making of the album. It was just I wanted to have one more song. I had a couple of pieces that I just finished and like you know wrote a, wrote a song like at the last minute in about a couple of days. You know, sure, definitely. And, and you have the you have the video that just came out right now for um for uh, Wilma Fingerdo, um which great title by the way. Love the love the song title. That's funny. But uh, obviously, if you dig past the title and you get into the song itself, it's obviously a very deep emotional song. Um, for you personally, was it was it difficult to share emotions like that in lyrics, or are you comfortable? I mean, you've obviously been doing this for quite a while now. Are you comfortable sharing your personal feelings with you know the audience that's out there? 
I, I am, I suppose. Uh, but, but, but having said that, I, I don't feel like I've ever been very good at, 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 um, at talking about my emotions through with lyrics. You know, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I've been a, been a better songwriter lyrically when I'm, when, when my, when my, the subject matter is something else other than me. Sure. So it's difficult for me to, to, to come up with, with uh, something, you know what I mean? To, to mm -hmm. reach in there. But, uh, um, but emotionally, not not difficult. Something that like is fun. That's actually it actually feels good to to do. But uh, trying to find the right thing to say. This you know the things the the songs that I do for my mother on each album or 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 are, are almost like musical poems in a way. Sure. As opposed to a, a, a deep thought out sort of you know like a you know type of a lyric. Um, they're just they're dedications, and I've always done one on each project, and this one is probably the most fleshed out of all of them. But uh, uh, that's really what it is. It's yeah. You're, the answer to your question is yes. It's 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 diff it's not or no. It's not easy. <laughs> sure. Does it frustrate you at all when people come back to you with a song like this and they have a completely different take on on what you were trying to say? No, not at all. Because the way I feel about it is that the time that I was, you know, wrote it, was working on the album, and you know, mixing it, and and you know, grooming it, and all of that, it belonged to me. Okay. It no, it no longer does, and now now it belongs to the world. You know, and sure. so and so whatever anybody wants to make of it is completely fine with me. Sure, as long as they like it, right? <laughs> if they like it, it's a plus. You know sure. what I mean? I, you know, truly, it's a plus. It's a huge plus if they do like it. If they don't, um, I'll be fine. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, and I'm, I'm happy. To, I love hearing people's different takes on my songs. Anyway, sure. Yeah, I, I'm always curious, Joe, and somebody that has your definite experience, you know, would probably be able to answer this. When does it stop being about making making music that everybody likes and start becoming about making a great song and hopefully people like it? Well, um, f for me, this project really was exactly that. I just I I I made this thing because I wanted to make it. I didn't have a record deal. Okay, um, I, we finished the tour in 2019, and I knew I was going to take 2020. To finish and just finish it on my own, you know, with my own with my own bread and and um, and something that in that um, takes the making it for other people out of it somehow. When you're doing it, you know what I mean, with, on your own on your own time, on your own money, you're writing the songs the the way you would want them to be, and you know the way you would want to hear them production wise and everything. It's it, it it if somehow in this particular album less way more so than my other ones I was way less concerned with what other people were gonna think of this or that. Sure, definitely. Now, now, Joe, uh, you know, obviously, in, in addition to the to the album, there's there's the news that um, Toto is well, I guess back. You know, Toto is back or didn't? I I'm, I'm a little unclear. I'll let you clear it up. You're there, obviously. Yeah. Did it go away and come back? Is it just back? What, what are we What are we saying about it right now? Well, the funny thing is, is that people, you know, um, you know, you know how people always say, "Well, it's it's, it's they're they're doing another uh, farewell tour or whatever," you know, mm. how, that, that whole joke. 
Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, with with rock bands and with musicians in general and stuff is that is that they, is that we never stop. It's just we, we just end up dying. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and that goes for bands as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there are some that make very public, you know, separations and all the, all of that. But Toto is not one of those bands. To be very honest with you, you know, of the of the living members of the group, r- remaining guys, you know, who who of originals or not, uh, any one of them would could could and would be in the band if they could be or mm-hmm. wanted to be. Uh, there's no enemies. Nobody's enemies with each other. It's just it, it ran its course at the end of nineteen in terms of like who could do it with us and who really wanted to do it with us at the end. So it wasn't a breakup. It was just like, okay, this, we've got, this version right now is coming to an end because some couple of guys are done doing it. Sure. So, uh, but Lukather and I uh, feel very still energetic and like, you know, I love to play live and he lives for playing live. He needs, he needs it like he needs air. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, we we still want to do it, so we're just we're just the last two dogs of Oz, really, that just want to you know that just want to you know keep keep doing it. You know, Toto, the original six man band, that's that's gone, and and the, you know the 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 real hardcore fans. There's there are a lot of hardcore fans that that think of just that incarnation of the group, and mm-hmm. and it's hard to sort of move past that, which is fine. You know what I mean? All uh, you know, Toto now is is a touring entity. You know what I mean? You know, it's a best the best way to put it. And as long as you have Steve Lukather standing up there, and as long as you have David Page, who actually will come out and do sub concerts, he just sure. doesn't want he just doesn't want to do bus trips where you just can't do that anymore. Um, so as long as you have that, you you know you you it's still Toto because it's them. You know what I mean? It's those guys. And I guess my me too because I have some history. You know, but. Uh, um, so, so the band's never gone away is the answer to the to your question. You know what I mean? The band's not gone. It never will. It'll be gone when everybody's dead. And and um and then and then and then when people just start playing the music of Toto, that's when you'll know the 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 band itself is gone. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that Toto is a is a live entity now, but you guys are still the the last record that you put out just a couple of years, what two three years ago at this point was one of the best reviewed Toto records I think ever. I mean, it, it is definitely one of the strongest. So you guys still at least creatively have that element going for you if you want to put that together. No. Well, of course. And we will, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that that, you know, like we, we had David Page and we had Steve Picaro and myself and Luke there. And that was the, was basically the, 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 the Toto at that point. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you know, Toto wasn't just a touring entity, really. It was much, much more than that. Right now, at this point, since I'm my my uh, solo record has provided some new material, and Luke has done his solo record. Mm-hmm. Right now, what I'm saying is that Toto is, is a touring entity. Right okay. now, you know what I'm saying. Once we start, you know, working on more music for recorded music, then that that becomes different. But I'm saying at this point. In answer to your question, Toto is not dead. Sure. It's still around. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you guys proved that just a couple of months ago with with the live stream that you did in November that pleased a lot, a lot of fans. You know, and I'll point out the fact that you guys pulled White Sister out out from um you know from the archives and put that in. 
I know I, I read a, a bunch of stuff online that people were so happy to hear that you guys dug deep in a, in a live stream. So that had to be fun. No, it was really fun. We, you know, over the past, um, you know, the 10 years of touring that we did from 2010 to the end of 19, um, we've done white sister a few times, you know, mm -hmm. over that period of time. And I always love doing it. It's in, in the course of a long two hour show. It's not an easy song to do, sure. but it's, but it's a, it, the crowd just loves it. And it's a very, it's a fun song to sing. You know, it's, it's a, it's one of those beaming, you know, Bobby Kimball vocals. And it's just, you know, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite tunes. Definitely. Did you like the live stream environment? That's so different from what you're, you know, used to doing. It was fine. I mean, you know, if you look at it, I mean, you can see Luke and I were, we were just, I, I had been making my record for months and we were completely cooped up with the pandemic and just going completely crazy. Um, uh, and we just needed to play. We needed, we needed to put, we needed to put together what our touring band was going to be and see what that was. We needed to know what we needed to sort of look at, at, at the future a bit. So <clears throat> it wasn't sort of the most ideal conditions for, for mm -hmm. me, you know what I mean, in, in answer to your question. But I was thrilled to be there. And sure. I and it was and it was so much fun. And it was, you know, it was it was it was hard because I hadn't been on the road in a while. It wasn't as easy as I thought it was gonna be until I you know, I'm much actually better back in better shape now than I was when we did that. But uh, um it felt so good to do. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a little bit of an odd environment, uh, in, in the way we sh that filmed it with no audience and everything. And, and, you know, with little pin cameras everywhere, but, uh, but it was never, it, it's still just a performance and, and I wish, which are always a blast to do with Luke right. and, and these guys. So, um, yeah, it was great. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I've talked to, uh, uh, quite a few musicians that have done live streams at this point and, and the singers especially are the ones that I think have to work the hardest because you guys have to usually fill the time when somebody's switching a guitar or fixing a string or, or, you know, doing whatever they're doing. And normally it would be the interaction with the crowd. And now you don't have that to where that just seems like that's a very awkward position for, for you guys as singers to be in. No. It is. Um, I mean, I suppose that what I would do is interact with the camera. I mean, you know, you, you have to be playing to something, whether it's, sure. a, whether it's a group of human beings or, or, or a camera so that it can be put on, you know, a, a, a live stream or YouTube or something. You have to, you know, have a camera. So I suppose I would start like, van, you know, rant, you know, riffing with the, with the camera, I guess, <laughs> you know, tr trying to get a response from a lens. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Know, who knows? But you know, the the hardest part about the singer job really is maintaining the voice, especially in a rock setting. You know what I mean? At least mm -hmm. for me, you know, I I, uh, I that's that's the that's the most the hardest part. But uh, everything else is fun. Sure. Now let let me ask you one that has nothing really to do with with any of these projects, but. You, you and your family, of course, are, you know, you're tied to the single most fanatical fan base in the entire world. That being, of course, the Star Wars fan base, you know, be it your work with, you know, Return of the Jedi and certainly, certainly your father's work is, you know, recorded one of the most known pieces in the history of mankind with, you know, with, with his compositions. 
for talk talk a little bit about your experiences and your family experience with Star Wars. Do you feel like that opened like doors for you as a musician, or do you look at it as a project that you did that just happened to be huge? Or how do you evaluate it as as somebody that's in that that rare earth, rare air place? Well, I, I evaluate it as a, as an incredible privilege, really. You know, more than anything. I mean. Um, it started out as a way for my dad and I to bond. You know, uh, you know, I lost my mother at a very young age. That's what Wilma Fingadu is all about. And so, uh, both all my siblings, my brother, sister, myself, you know, we've all had these different periods where he's, you know, like bond bonded with us in different ways. And since my career was kind of going th this a certain way, he brought me in to to work on, you know, like Return of the Jedi was the first one. And at that age, the, you know, there was a there was a nice period, little bonding. You know, I was able to hang out with them and you know go up to Lucasfilm and do e some Ewok voices and you know that that kind of thing. And and uh, and he wouldn't have asked me to help help him if I if I, if he knew I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? He's not that kind of a guy. He doesn't throw a bone to people if if they can't do the work. Sure. You know? So that also gave me some confidence. You know, at, at the time for sure. And also because it was Return of the Jedi, or uh, um, <laughs> that what you know, that's a huge amount of confidence boost right there. So, yeah. uh, so it was all of those things. But more than anything, how I remember it was was a sort of a bonding uh, opportunity. Okay. Do you do you do you get a lot of Star Wars people in your life? And and I'm not trying to denigrate the Star Wars people by any means at all. I'm just saying. I know well, how fanatical they are, and I, and I mean, having an association with it, they will, people that are really hardcore Star Wars fans will put ahead of anything else that you would ever do. Well, I'm, I'm one of them. Okay. So, you know, because I, mean, because I was, a, you know, I don't know, 17 when the first one came out. Sure. And I remember asking my dad, like, what are you doing next? What are you working on next? And he was, oh, it's just a space thing. You know, he, he wasn't sure about it, you know, but he. Uh, um, none of them were when it was in the when they were in the process of making it. They you know they weren't sure it was going to work. They thought it was you know maybe too kid kid oriented or something. I don't, I don't know, but uh, um, but uh, uh, anyway, I, I forgot the rest of your question. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Just one one last quick. And I know I'm asking Star Wars questions like a nerd, but that's oh, okay. I know I know what you're saying. I know what you were asking. I was telling you that I am I am one of those Star Wars fans for sure. sure. Absolutely, uh, uh, wholeheartedly. Um, so I, it doesn't, you know, it never would bother me if you know if, I, if people wanted to come up and talk about it. But they don't come up and talk to me about it. That's that's an answer to your question. Okay. I don't I don't get a lot of people that come up to me and and want to talk about Star Wars too much. Occasionally, I'll get asked about it. Um, I did I did a couple of things in in the in the pre prequel movies that were uncredited that some people don't really know about so i had a little bit of a continuing role in some of those other ones also okay. so uh so people but i was uncredited so people don't know about it so i don't get asked a whole lot about that but sure I'm still proud of it oh, as you should be and, and i have to imagine you know and this is straight to about your father but he recorded what is arguably the most memorable or he, he you know, um, not not recorded, but composed what is arguably the most memorable piece of music in the 20th century. And that's, you know, you can't, it is hard to argue that point. 
you know, does, does he look at that that way? Or is he just look at it like, kind of like you're looking at it, that he had an opportunity and he just maximized his opportunity. I think that that is the way he probably looked at it. But I think that looking back on it, he's probably very pleased with the idea that it was, is, you know, is, is as big as it is and is as loved as it is. I mean, I, I know he enjoys that fact, but he, but he's a man that just, you know, uh, does the work. He just, that's the kind of guy he is. You, you just put, you put the work in front of him and he does it and he just continues on to the next, to the next thing. And, uh, and, and, and hope it hits and hopes it hits home with the world. That kind of, he's, he's very much that type of type of person. But uh, in, in, in looking back on it, I'm sure he's, you know, very, uh, you know, proud of, of these these ginormous things that you've done. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Uh, you know, it, it's just such an amazing thing when you think about it. When you think about the biggest of the big, the Led Zeppelins or Rolling Stones or Beatles or anything, and then there's your dad who's who's recorded something that I would argue more people by a lot know yeah. his, his work. That's that's insane. <laughs> it is. It is insane. I mean, I, I would I would argue that probably more people know who I am from The Lion King than they do Toto. True. Yeah. True. That, and, and and believe me, I got to hear your music. 240,000 times as my kids were, were like two and five and Lion King was stuck in the, uh, in the VCR for years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Again, that's a, another huge honor. You know what I mean? That, I, that to be asked in, I mean, I originally I was asked in to do some demos, you know what I mean? For, for, mm -hmm. for, for Tim Rice and, and, and Elton John, just to see how the lyrics were going to work with, you know, while they were working it all out and then of course asked back to just do those parts so you know incredibly lucky absolutely and and, and look anybody our age just like we're saying with your father's work anybody our age can sing hakuna matata with with without even thinking about it or hearing it again man it's a it's definitely you know it's, it's you guys are music royalty in a way well, I don't, I don't know about that, but, uh, you know, we just, it's, it's, I, you know, I, my, my, I, I'm like third generation because my grandparents were radio actors, radio, okay. you know, back in the thirties and forties and then in the, from sorry, forties and fifties and then, and then, uh, television, uh, like, you know, character actors in the sixties. So they, and then my mother was an actress and a singer and a dancer and so what, so whatnot. And my father, of course, and I'm, do what I do. And my brother's a drummer. He was air supplies drummer for oh. a long time. So it's just in the family, you know, line. My, my uncles are both percussion orchestra percussionists. You know, one, one of them's retired. One of them is a timpanist that still plays on film scores today, you know, just like on, on all of the big ones, you know, my uncle Donald, who's my, my father's brother. Okay. Um, and uh, so it's just family. It's just the family business. Yeah. It's a great business to be in when you're having that kind of success. That's for sure. <laughs> well, well, Joe, um, you know, obviously the pandemic has everybody sitting at home doing this instead of actually doing what you guys are supposed to be doing. Um, in a perfect world, if, if everything opens up, do you plan to do any solo show, shows to promote Denizen Tenet or is, or is it going to be strictly Toto when the world opens back up or what is it looking like? Well, when the world opens back up, as soon as it opens back up, it's going to be strictly Toto because it's been, you know, we 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 want to get out there. We need to get out there. And also because we're releasing our albums together, Luke and I, mm -hmm. it kind of serves as new Toto music in a way. 
right uh, for us to tour with so so and, and as opposed to touring myself to promote the album i will it'll be with toto and we'll both promote both our albums by sure. playing a few songs off of each thing hopefully once once we can once the world gets vaccinated right <laughs> let's hope that sooner than later because yeah. lord knows i think everybody's sick of being home i know it's gonna take time i guess exactly well i'll tell you what joe the new album it's joseph williams it's called Dennis and tenet it is out february 26th and uh where should people go to keep up with you and keep up when the tour dates are are announced and all that stuff well they can go to totoofficial.com they can go to 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 my twitter page or joeswill.com which is my um website there uh, and, and you can find everything you need to know. And there's all kinds of links to, to, uh, um, swag and records, albums, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, check it, check it out. Awesome. Well, we will definitely do that one more time. The name of the album is Dennis and Tenet. It is Joseph Williams of Toto. And Joe, thanks so much for joining us here on Aftershocks. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. All right, everybody, another great interview right here on Aftershocks TV. And before we go, just want to remind you one more time, make sure you get over and subscribe to the CMS Podcast Network, cmspn.com. You can watch, you can listen, you can subscribe to everything that we do, not only us, but uh, the classic metal shows, Shockwave Skull Sessions, uh, Talk To Me. It's all there, one site, get four great shows, never have to do anything again, but be entertained. So check it out, uh, cmspn.com, cmspn.com, cmspn.com. Until next time, folks.